0: F-Y-R-D is mentor. <laughs> At that point it was always going to be Leia. Could have been Baby Yoda. <laughs> wow, what a huge oversight. There's just a hole in the Death Star. Like what the heck? You know, just like board that up or something, you know? Then jumped onto Wikipedia and was like, oh, there it is. I've refused to get on the look. Um, as, as Jared lovingly refers to it. You're listening to the Star Wars Archives, a UTini.com Patreon-exclusive podcast, your regular deep dive down the rabbit hole of the Star Wars universe, discussion, analysis, easter eggs, and obscure books you've never heard of. And now, here are your hosts, Jose and Trevor.
1: Hello there, this is episode 7 of the Star Wars Archives, a Utini podcast where we take some random Star Wars topic and explain the living Bantha Pudu out of it. I am Jose, aka Jaxi, in the Utiniverse. I have watched all Star Wars canon movies and TV shows, I have read 39 Star Wars books, and now I own 13 of them, and that is one more since last time, because I, it was my birthday last week, and someone sent me this book,
0: The Mandalorian Armor. Oh no, that's so a, a Legends book. dense
1: book. It is pretty thick.
0: No, no, there's a lot in that. That's a that's a weird yeah. one.
1: Well, I just opened it to a random page, and it says, "Fett tucked his readout inside one of his armor storage pouches." So I guess Boba Fett is in it.
0: Well, I guess he is also on the cover, so I could have
1: I could have known that.
0: Yeah, and it has like a weird fat mechanical spider accountant thing called, okay. called a balance sheet. Yeah, that's that's a weird one.
1: There you go. Well,
0: I'm about to be reading a weird book as soon as I'm done with uh, the High Republic stuff that I'm currently reading. Anyway, and, uh, and I'm Trev, yeah. keep, Keeper of a Timeline pages over at Utini.com. I've spent my entire life consuming Star Wars media, and I have a confession to make. A confession? This is, this is a change to our intro. What's going on? <laughs> so I've been telling people how many books and comics and everything I've been reading, and the other day I realized I don't actually have an owned list on my phone to refer to when I'm stuck about whether to buy something so I put everything I own on this list and I was 100 books short I own 100 less (gasps) books than I've been talking about oh (laughs) so we're just gonna tighten up my intro and say I own over a thousand pieces of individual separate Star Wars media and leave it at that oh wow I know it's a shameful moment I
1: don't know man you've been I mean I know it's only seven episodes in but You've been basically lying to me for, <laughs> for all these hours. I don't know how I feel about this. You didn't even tell me this was happening. Hey, remember that time you cheated on um, a
0: quiz, Jose? <laughs> <laughs> no.
1: Fair enough. Now we're even. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, um, moving on. <laughs> on today's episode, we are going to talk... We're going to... We're going about 20 years before the Battle of Yavin, and that's right, we're going. We're focusing on the Clone Wars, both Legends and Canon. So um, Trev, can you just, for any new listeners here today, can you just let them know what the format of the show is?
0: Yep, so as usual, it's a largely unscripted show, where once we've decided on whatever we're going to talk about, Jose will do whatever research he needs to. I will try to do as little research as possible, although I do keep notes because I have a terrible memory. Um, We could talk about anything in Star Wars. Legends, canons, books, comics, serial packets, whatever it may be. Um, Throw in a few regular features and hopefully we'll keep you entertained and informed over the next hour or so. Yes, and
1: highlight on the fact that Trev just said that he has terrible memory because he also told us a lie about how many books he owns. So he's, you know, just highlighting that fact right there. In any case... um, As always, we are also going to be throwing in a fake fact into the show to keep you on your toes.
0: Fact check, fact check, fact check. This is a fake
1: news alert. So let us know in the Discord if you do spot it. Trev, I don't think I saw anything, but did anyone find our fake fact in our last
0: episode? No one's come forward with it. I mean, it was very, very subtle last week. It really, really was. Okay. But I I think we should start keeping quiet about the fake facts if people notice them. Okay. We don't know if people are listening out of order or had a chance to catch up. So um That's right. Let us know if you do find it in the Discord. We'll keep dropping them in there and keep your keep your ears open. I think that's a good that's a good plan.
1: I uh I also do wanna bring up one more thing before we dive right into today's topic. And uh that is the Pirates of Tarnuga from last last week's the uh, Batsheet Crazy Book of the Week. <laughs> <laughs> Did you Trevor. watch the
0: episode? I I watched the episode it, and Is that the first time just, you've well, watched any of the droids cartoon? It is the first time <laughs> I have
1: watched any of the droids cartoons. How so was it? The reason this well the reason this came up, just think you know, for again, let's just remind people, right? This came up because there is a certain character. Um, of these uh of this pirates this pirate tribe pirate clan i don't know what i i guess is there a name for like a group of pirates is it, are they just
0: pirates just just pirates i don't know the plural of pirates is pirates, pirates. <laughs> well yes what's, what's the but, collective noun like of pirates plunder <sighs> a plunder, y- yeah, a plunder of pirates it should be something
1: yes <laughs> well um their their leader his name is uh Kaibo Ren so obviously yes, our last indeed. episode was about Kylo Ren and there is, you know, the names are very similar. Um, but yes, this was my first time watching these cartoons. And I mean, on one hand, it was, you know, I, I did grow up watching eighties cartoons cause I was a kid in the eighties. And so it was kind of, I had that nostalgia sort of feeling as I was watching. And I'm like, oh, yeah, this is what cartoons used to look like. Like, this is, <laughs> this is a humor from back then. It's definitely a time um, capsule. It, it definitely is. Um, but I, I, I don't know. I don't know how to describe this, man. It's just <laughs> like, so first of all, there's a, I mean, I guess it is, it is a droids, um, cartoon, right? Animation. Yeah. So there's a lot of focus on 3PO in in this episode i don't know if that's the case in all the episodes um he has been simplified quite a bit his eyes also just move around a little bit just to like, you know i yeah take he, a little he, bit he's of got creative actual there. eyes <laughs> yeah he has like pupils and they can like move up and down <laughs> and they, he, he can look angry and everything there's not a, as much detail in his body either he's just gold and blue <laughs> yeah. instead of having all the cables in his like abdomen And he just falls in like holes so many times. (laughs) Like, (laughs) why? (laughs) Like, (laughs) it's it's very slapstick. Yeah, but he just like I it just got to a point of like okay I get it it's uh he he falls like it's 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 you know let's move on from this gag (laughs) I don't know but yeah and I was definitely interested I mean I I enjoyed watching it but it was definitely like. Watching it, like, what were they thinking?
0: Um, I mean, just remember that there was a time in history when, outside of the three original trilogy movies, that was the only other Star Wars that existed. <laughs>
1: well, did you watch this? As I mean, how old were you when these were coming out?
0: I mean, this was eighty-five, so I would have been, I'd have been nine. I, I definitely remember watching them. I, th- I think that the, the Ewoks show was more regularly shown over here. That's the one mm. that sticks in my head. Okay. Um, especially the theme tune. Yeah. Uh, um, but yeah, I, I definitely saw him as a kid.
1: And well, did you rewatch it after our episode last week, or, or is it still pretty fresh
0: in your mind? I, I admit that I've, I haven't watched it. I've I've seen enough of the droids that I'm happy with what I've seen. It's it's, <laughs> it's, it's there.
1: Because, like, I mean, with the whole Kaibo Ren thing, that was something that I found interesting too. That he was just like. There's definitely some ties to the Kylo ren that we know in some of the things that he says. He's a little he goes a little bit on tantrums and he he's like, Oh, you will suffer the wrath of Kaibo Ren. And <laughs> like and you know, he him being the leader of some sort of like gang and uh, you know, they're just so sort of very much like the knights of Ren. So there were some things that are kind of similar. Um
0: So what you're saying she's saying is J.J. Abrams rebooted droids for a modern (laughs) audience with The Force Awakens.
1: I am saying that at least subconsciously, this must have, I mean, this had to come up at some point because you did not name someone Kylo Ren when there is a Kylo Ren in Star Wars history. And there's also
0: a little bit of a parallel there. Um, and I'm, I'm sure Pablo Hidalgo must have pointed that out at the time like, he you know to. this name that you've given us
1: <laughs> you know, we're, this is not the first time we've heard of the Wren in, in Star Wars um, there is this Kaibo guy um, secret history of the Wren right so after the, after the High Republic they turn into pirates and then <laughs> they turn into the, the Knights of Wren that's really what happened there um, These marauders of, of space. Um,
0: <laughs> I'm glad you watched it. I'm glad you watched it.
1: You know, I am glad I watched it too, including that weird end scene where um, 3PO is just in an oil bath with R2-D2 just talking about what happened. You know, like 80s cartoons typically had that last scene where they talk about the moral of the story kind of thing. Um, yeah, but they're yeah. just both enjoying this, like they're sitting in this hot tub, With oil, and then this random little purple buffalo just comes out in between three PO's legs, and it's just weird. But I don't know. It was it was enjoyable. I guess that's that's my verdict. That people go watch it because at least that's twenty minutes of laughter that you're gonna have in your lives.
0: (laughs) And on that hot tub note. yes let's let's move on <laughs>
1: let's move on to today's uh show well yeah so we're talking clone wars today the clone wars or just clone wars as however you want to talk about them um but yeah i mean you know, i'm i'm interested in this topic because as you know i am going to be hosting another podcast with Kristen, where we re the clone wars tv um animated series and uh you know we're doing it in release order just in case some people out there haven't watched it yet so this way people can uh, follow along instead of just jumping around a little bit when you watch it in chronological order um but you know we'll i'll bring this up again during the plug segment at the end so um but yeah that's that's why i wanted to talk about uh clone wars and i know that you have a lot to say about the clone wars also outside of the show so i'm very curious to know um yeah, to know what you have to say about them, to know the history outside of of
0: the TV show. Well, let's start with uh, talking about what the Clone Wars are. How would you describe the Clone Wars? How would I describe the Clone Wars? Um,
1: <laughs> um it's a chaotic time in the Star Wars universe. Um, <laughs> there's planets that are <laughs> there's civil unrest. I don't know. Um, is, I guess that period. It's. I mean, it is sort of a civil, civil, galactic civil war of sorts, right? You know, they used to be, a lot of these planets were united. And, you know, there's some people that are, or some planets that are unhappy with what's going on in the overall Republic. And so that's, they start creating droids to battle or to get ready for some sort of eventual battle. And then you have then the Republic side who, I mean as at least canonically, right? Cypho Diaz has his vision, so then he goes and um and starts creating or asking to create all these clones, right? Or sets starts that process.
0: I mean a lot um, of that is especially with a Cypher Diaz, that kind of doesn't tie in as heavily as you think. Um the clone wars themselves obviously start from a load of planets wanting to pull out of a republic for mm-hmm. various unhappiness and yeah. we'll cover a lot of this. But essentially, the Clone Wars started with the Battle of Geonosis. That was the first battle of the Clone Wars. Yeah. Lasted for three years and officially ended with the execution of the Separatist leaders on Mustafar in Episode 3, Revenge of the Sith. Yes. So in Episode 2 and Episode 3, we see the start and the beginning of the Clone Wars. Three years of wars, essentially engineered by Palpatine himself as part of his Grand Sith plan to destabilize the galaxy and install himself as the Emperor of the new Galactic Empire. Mm -hmm. So the Clone Wars and the birth of the Empire go hand in hand. Yeah. Clone Wars finish, it was all Palpatine's grand plan, Emperor comes along. But before the prequels came along, it wasn't necessarily the case that the one equaled the other. So that's what Mm. I want to talk about to begin with a little bit.
1: Yeah, that, that's that's definitely one thing that I was I I was wondering about if if um if the Clone Wars existed before or the Clone Wars as a thing
0: as an event existed before the prequels. Well, I mean the Clone Wars are mentioned in A New Hope. Um, Obi Wan tells Luke, "Your your father th- fought alongside me in the Clone Wars. He was a great that's pilot. right. Um, that's right. You know, General Obi Wan fought alongside Bail Organa. So the Clone Wars have always been there. Yes, from the beginning." Yeah. But that's the only bit of information pe- that people had to go off for a-, a long time. So from from the first film in 77 all the way to 2002, nobody knew what the Clone Wars were until George Lucas decided to make the prequels.
1: Okay. But pe- I'm assuming people did write about them,
0: especially in the 90s. Not a lot. <laughs> no. Not not a lot. I'm, I'm going to talk about the reasons why yeah. later. Okay. But the first... Comic I want to talk about doesn't specifically mention the Clone Wars, but it does mention the rise of the Empire. Okay. So the original Marvel comic series that started in 1977, yeah, issue number eight. Okay. Now the adaptation of the movie took up the first six issues, so we're literally talking the second issue of the first ever expanded universe story.
1: Ooh, ooh! I like this. Um, Is this is exciting? This is. Yeah, this is the birth of the of the EU, man.
0: <laughs> it, it is. And um, Han, Han's got his reward. He goes on his way. You know, he's got okay. to pay back Jabba. And the story is called 8 for Aduba 3 And mm-hmm. it's essentially a Magnificent Seven ripoff story. Han's okay. on this planet. He's got a team up to defeat some swoop riders who are preying on some bandits. Mm-hmm. Um, but he comes across some somebody claiming to be a Jedi Knight, whose name is Don Huey Quixote. I kid you not. Oh, God, no. <laughs> no. Um, but Han specifically states that the Jedi have been outlawed since the rise of the Empire. So not not murdered, not mm. anything else, but outlawed. And that Vader destroyed the Jedi Knights years ago. So it's not a lot of inf- new information. Yeah. But it shows how that those few sentences in A New Hope start taking on a life of their own.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Now, this issue, issue number eight, it's also notable for being the first appearance of everyone's favorite giant green rabbit, Jackson.
1: Oh, this I've seen. I've seen images. I've never seen like read anything with him, but I have seen pictures of him.
0: Yeah, so he's famously been reintroduced to canon by Kevin Scott, and like I said, he was there in the first ever expanded universe story arc. So wow. he goes back a long way. <laughs> yeah. Wow. He's older than me. <laughs> yeah yeah pretty much <laughs> so the next comic i want to talk about is still from a marvel run so this is the annual number one from 79 and this this confuses the whole clone wars issue a lot okay so on the planet sky our rebel heroes learned that years ago during the clone wars now that's specifically mentioned but this was during the clone wars three jedi knights saved that planet from destruction okay with okay. me so far Yes. Those three Jedi being Obi-Wan Kenobi and his two pupils. Okay. We then learn that much later after this event, one of those pupils, who was Darth Vader, returned to Sky to place the planet under Imperial rule and declare that he had destroyed Obi-Wan and the rest of the Jedi. So far, so good. That tallies up with what we know. Yeah, yeah, that works. When Luke asks who the third Jedi was, so Obi-Wan's second pupil, he is told that he is wearing his lightsaber. The implication being that Darth Vader and Anakin Skywalker are two separate people.
1: Oh,
0: because this is in 1979. Again, you yes. take what Obi Wan says in his hut on Tatooine at face value. Yeah, yep. all you know is that Darth Vader betrayed him, murdered Anakin Skywalker.
1: That's right. So I mean, they yeah, so they they really just made them two different people, and that that's how, and they just um, were pupils of of Obi
0: Wan. Yeah, this is the only place that happens. However, <laughs> I mean, really-
1: one could argue, I mean, this is this sort of like secondhand story being told to Luke, though, right? So just the way that people, I mean, the way that Obi-Wan talks about, um, I mean, in, as we know, like Vader kills Luke's father, if he's just kind of like going around the universe telling stories that way, you know, from a certain point of view then you could imagine that, yeah, maybe he had, like, people are now, you know, changing the story a little bit to fit with whatever Obi-Wan was saying.
0: Luckily, the real world gets even weirder than that. (laughs) Okay. So in in 2011, um, a novella written by Abel Penner called Skywalkers, but that's S-K-Y-E, which is the same spelling as the planet Sky we're talking about. Yes. So that was published on the official site in 2011. It tells the story of the mission mentioned in that Marvel comic.
1: Ooh. Okay.
0: Places it early in the Clone Wars. So we're still in the Clone Wars, so that tallies up. Uh Uh-huh. Establishes that there was a third Jedi. Uh Uh-huh. Called Halagad Ventor, who pops up in a few other obscure bits and pieces. Okay. But he just happened to be borrowing Anakin's lightsaber at the time of the story, which makes all elements true. From a certain point of view. Uh, <laughs> I see what
1: they did there. <laughs> I see. So 30 years later, let's retcon and make that sort of like work somehow. Yeah,
0: And, um, you know, Abel Penn has done some fantastic writing for Star Wars over the years. And for me personally, I'd rather a few mental gymnastics than something that tries to tell me that Vader and Anakin are two separate people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, <laughs> I know. <laughs> Okay, that works. But the next mention of the Clone Wars that I can find is in the Empire Strikes Back novel. So we're three years after already, mm-hmm. and I've got just a couple of mentions of the Clone Wars. Um, this one literally just talks about Boba Fett, and the description says, when he's abo- aboard the um, Executor Executor, sorry, mm-hmm. uh, with the rest of the bounty hunters, the novel states, he was dressed in a weapon-covered armoured spacesuit, The kind worn by a group of evil warriors defeated by the Jedi Knights during the Clone Wars. Ah, so that's it. Just but that places the Mandalorians in the Clone Wars. Trev,
1: how how do you find this one random line where they just mention the Clone Wars? If you have over a thousand,
0: I know I know where to look. Um, I mean, I guess, but Jesus, because so let me go on to my next point. So we've spoken up in our very first. We spoke in our very first episode, the Mandalorian episode, yeah, about uh, Marvel issue sixty-eight, Boba Fett wannabes. We were talking about Mm Fenshiser, who Mm -hmm. Leia meets on the planet Mandalore. Well, I remembered that, yeah. When we uh, when we spoke about that, we may not have mentioned this, but that panel establishes that Fenshiser was part of a group of super commandos tasked with protecting Mandalore. Uh But when Palpatine established the Empire, the government of Mandalore sent those super commandos to fight alongside the empire in the clone wars oh well hold on hold on (laughs) (laughs) that's not right the empire starts after the clone wars exactly and this but this was 1982 but you backtrack from that Mm -hmm. you go to the empire strikes back novel because all the original concept of boba fett i think it's for possibly the it's either the making of the empire strikes back book uh-huh. Or there's something like the illustrated script for *Empire Strikes Back*, where they talk about Boba Fett being a Mandalorian super commander who fought in the Clone Wars alongside the Empire. Yeah, yeah. that was always kind of the original idea. So the people who wrote these Marvel books were obviously, um, you know, privy to a lot of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It gets weirder. That one, this <laughs> we're talking one, one, um, one two page spread in a comic. Okay. Fen states. That while being briefed on enemies of the Empire during his involvement in the Clone Wars, Uh he came across Leia as being one of those enemies of the Empire.
1: Oh, so well, (laughs) so Leia is now alive during the Clone Wars,
0: yeah, and fighting the Empire.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I guess like, I mean, (laughs) if the Clone. I mean, it doesn't work at all with with Vader being there. Yeah, I mean, could it work? No, it
0: doesn't. You You could just about handle Mandalorians working with Palpatine. Yeah. As head of a Republic, not the Empire. That could work. Yeah. But Leia thing? Definitely not.
1: Well, because even if, sure if, the weird... happened, if the Clone Wars happened, if the Clone happened, if hypothetically if the Clone Wars happened after the Empire starts, right? Um, with the previous story that you were saying, with Vader being one of Obi Wan's um, students. I mean, Vader can still, can Vader, no, Vader wouldn't, my, yeah, Vader can still For anyone be listening, I can dad. see
0: Jose thinking. I can literally see the cogs in his head <laughs> whirring as, like, we, as we talk. I, I just need, I need a graph and I need to see how to like,
1: I need just like different, you know, pieces of paper with like all the different names. And then I can just like move them around and just make with, you know, like that bulletin board that you have with all the connections. I need that to try to like make this make sense.
0: <laughs> I mean, these are best chalked up as historical curiosities. <laughs> yes. So, you're telling me that I shouldn't put it all up on a don't, wall in
1: my in my apartment and don't dwell try on to the make past. sense of this. Don't do- <laughs> Kylo Ren says that. <laughs> Burn it all. Okay, exactly. let's do it. Keep going. I'm not okay. going to
0: care about anything else you're going to say. <laughs> so the weird thing is even with that very specific information in one random issue of the Marvel comic. Mm-hmm. There's not a single mention in *Return of the Jedi* novelization or yeah. *Splinter of the Mind's Eye*. Mm-hmm. There's a handful of mentions in the original Han Solo adventures, but mostly just as an indicator that things are old. Yeah, that's it. They'll talk about a pre-Clone War ship. Okay, and um, and that's about it. There's nothing else. Really, I mean, in the in the classic era. No. But that takes us up to Heir to the Empire in 1991. Timothy right. yeah big landmark Legends book. Yes. One of the very first references to the Clone Wars is the revelation that, and I never know how to pronounce this. Sorry, Jared. Everyone else on <laughs> Legends look back. Joris Seboath? Oh,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, that's... Uh... I, I
0: pronounced this name in my head as Seboath. For Se- years. <laughs> I and think then I was listening to pronounced to it like legends S- look back. S- Sebayat Seboath. I... But I'm sure he would have listened to the audiobook, so I'm definitely deferring to his better judgment here. Yeah, I think he's so... I think he says Sebayath. Um so I'm gonna try not to say his surname anymore <laughs> in the rest of his show. Um but we find out that he's a clone himself. Yes. And then uh, uh Pelian mentions that The early clones in the Republic fleet were highly unstable, both mentally and emotionally. So that's a tiny hint towards the Clone Wars. But earlier in the book, on the very first page, Pelion is described as having been in the Imperial Navy for 50 years. Uh, Oh, no. (laughs) How
1: can he be? So, I mean, I guess they're still putting the Empire as being there before the Clone Wars.
0: I think there was um I think Zahn wrote this trilogy under a fairly fairly fundamental misunderstanding of when they happened, but yeah. it hadn't been established. It's not right his fault and w- we'll come to that even later. It's not yeah. his fault. He worked with what he'd had. So in the second book, Dark Fort Rising, um, Luke is doing some digging in the old Senate Library and he learns that Joris surname unpronounceable was <laughs> Was personal Jedi advisor to Senator Palpatine, seventy nine to seventy seven years pre Empire. Okay, which we've already we've already know has existed for fifty years in to the Empire internal timing and dating. Yeah. So we're going back a long way. Yeah. In a separate section, Leia learns that the attack on the Nogri people and their homeworld of Honor happened forty four years ago. Which mm-hmm. places it thirty six years before the Battle of Yavin, so four years before Phantom Menace. Yes. And states that this means it happened during the Clone Wars. Okay. So that Yeah. So it, it's it's almost like the, the the general assumption in these books is that the Clone Wars started approximately fifty years before the Battle of Yavin. Yeah. And lasted many years, but more weirdly, doesn't specifically link the Clone Wars with the end of a republic
1: yeah no that's i mean that seems to be the general um vibe that i'm getting from all these different books that it's there there is no real tie-in that uh, clone wars um the end of that starts the empire right like the empire has been a thing it's not so much about a republic beforehand but no one has no one has stated yet what caused the clone wars right it's just this sort of like thing that happened at some point
0: mara jade mentions it a few times um at one point, Leia tells her that during the events of the Thrawn trilogy, the Empire's found some Sparty clone in Cylinder somewhere. And they've been turning out a huge number of clones to fight against us. Mm-hmm. So Mara kind of reflects that she knew about the Clone Wars era. And she doesn't want to see a bunch of, her words, cold-faced duplicates running around. Mm-hmm. And that also, with an army of clones and Grand Admiral Thrawn to command them, but it would be the Clone Wars all over again. Yeah. So so you kind of get a hint of what the Clone Wars were. It's not what we got. But even then, I think Zahn was making his own assumptions about what they could have been. But then it gets even more specific. Okay. I apologize now that I'm going to read out a section from a book. Mm -hmm. It's from, I think I've spoken about this before, it's from the Farlander Papers. Which is a novella hidden in the instruction manual for the X-Wing flight sim from 1993. Yes. But it comes in the form of Mon Mothma giving a speech to the people of Agamar to try and recruit them to the Rebellion. Yeah. So there's two things I'm going to read through now, which is this speech from Mon Mothma. And I'm going to follow it up with a speech from an Imperial Admiral, which comes from the the novella that was hidden inside the instruction manual for the TIE fighter flight sim. Uh huh. Both written by the same author, gives you the sort of a rebellion and the imperial viewpoint on what happened to the end of the empire, uh, the end of the republic, the birth of the empire.
1: Yes. Okay.
0: It's it, it's probably more interesting than I'm making it sound. So, it it sounds very interesting. So, <laughs> so Mon Mothma's speech. So we were at peace following the Clone Wars. Guided by the Jedi Knights and the Republic, war-weary citizens rebuilt their lives and restored their worlds. The authority of the Republic encouraged prosperity and freedom for all. Already we've taken a tangent.
1: Yeah, um, yeah.
0: <laughs> I continue. With a thousand worlds to govern, a few greedy senators found that they could abuse their power. Slowly but steadily, corruption affected the Republic. More and more senators, seduced by power and wealth, allied themselves with special interests, Their corruption spread throughout the many worlds. Into this situation came a young senator named Palpatine. Very Uh ordinary, very methodical, nothing to call your attention to, just enough to keep his position. His was a diabolical master plan and he carried out to perfection. The authority of the Senate was weakening at an alarming pace. Crime was on the increase everywhere as many worlds threatened secession. Through a combination of political maneuvering, Palpatine got himself elected head of a senatorial council President of the Republic. Oh. Many of the most honest and ethical Senators backed him because he promised unity. At the same time, the worst members of the Senate expected a figurehead to represent justice as they continued to serve the cause of sorry, the cause of self interest. Neither faction got what they wanted. Instead Palpatine suddenly emerged as an increasingly ruthless leader, little by little he assumed control as the Senate consumed itself. Palpatine subtly encouraged this decession while seeming to support various sides, played us against each other, using every means imaginable to increase his control. He gained the loyalty of some senators through favors, while others he swayed with blackmail or coercion in ways so subtle that few realized what was happening. He took the reins of power from the Senate, and when he was ready, declared himself emperor, announcing a new order. There's a lot to unpack there. Yeah. And I've paraphrased that speech, by the way. Oh,
1: (laughs) really? (laughs) Yeah.
0: But, but the themes were always there about Palpatine yeah. manipulating into the position and playing sides against each other.
1: Yeah. But not...
0: originally the Clone Wars were supposed to be a lot further in the past, a completely separate yeah. incident.
1: Yeah, like whatever. Yeah, like it was something Yeah, from, from a long time ago, right? And then um, there was still a Republic after that. But I guess yeah. maybe as a result of it, there was still maybe some unhappy people and that's it does I mean even though Palpatine here is kind of like playing both sides every politician to a certain degree has to do that a little bit right just kind of like work a little bit with both sides right yeah so it just sounds like he just sort of ended up almost more there more as a result rather than like scheming from like you know from a long time you know like as a Sith Lord or
0: anything like that so But you've also got themes that that were explored during the actual Clone Wars that we have. Yeah. You know, corruption in the Senate, um, Right. systems wanting to secede from a republic. So yep. all those elements I I find it unlikely that Russell Domier, the author of these um didn't get some notes from from Lucasfilm or yeah. whoever. Yeah. Because we know what George Lucas was like. He would have had all this stuff written down somewhere. He's always had an idea of what happened before a New Hope. Yeah. So little bits and pieces kind of lead to speeches like this. And again, it it's not impossible. If you look through a squinted eye, this yeah. is kind of what we've got.
1: Yeah, no, the, the beat it's the same beats. It's just a slightly different interpretation of it. But again, I mean it's it's all yeah, this it's the same it follows the same path, or a similar path at least.
0: Yeah, and then in the in the sort of opposing Imperial viewpoint speech, they say that after the Clone Wars ended, the galaxy was divided by a group of senators yeah. who formed a government designed to make them rich. Um, talks about a, a strong-willed but uncompromising senator named Palpatine who worked diligently to expose corruption. Um, he worked within the system, making allies of key members of the Senate and even yeah. those Jedi Knights who remained uncorrupted. hmm it goes on to say, he quickly saw the weakness of a Republican system. A perceptive student of history, he knew that the greatest strength comes with a centralized individual leadership backed by a strong military. This was the vision that he followed, and such was the strength and perseverance of his effort that he was able to form a powerful coalition of leaders who eventually named him Emperor.
1: Uh-huh. And
0: that's kind of the imperial viewpoint
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: of the birth of the Empire. Yeah. But we've strayed away from the Clone Wars slightly. Which I'm going to come back to. Yes. So in 1994, there's a book called The Guide to the Star Wars Universe. It's essentially like a proto-encyclopedia. It was written by um, Bill Slavicek. I I had this book, so I would have been uh, 18. Yeah. You know, Heir to the Empire and all had just come out. Truce of Bakura, possibly the Jedi Academy books. And this was the first encyclopedia that worked in a lot of that stuff. Plus stuff from the cartoons and everything. Mm-hmm. It was it was a godsend. It also probably included the first ever printed Star Wars timeline at the front. Ooh, that's cool. And this timeline states that the Clone Wars ended 35 years before the Battle of Yavin. Specifically dated. Wow. Okay. Something I mean, so you can kind of understand where all this other information that we talked about has come from. Yeah. You know, the, he wouldn't have plucked that date out of out of the air, yeah that must have been within within lucasfilm the designated date that the clone was finished they probably didn't have any other information but they had a date and that's yeah. what they've all worked off so
1: 35 i mean that
0: that but well still instead, of instead
1: of 22 as it is right now 30 i mean yeah. it's it still kind of works within what we know like it's still you know within that decade that's
0: that's fine but it still has the same date of 18 years before Yavin, for Luke and Leia to be born, Anakin to become Darth Vader, and Palpatine to become Emperor. So it just shows that historically, in real world, yeah. the Clone Wars wasn't always the event yeah. that caused these things to happen. Yeah,
1: yeah, interesting.
0: The, the Palpatine entry in that encyclopedia actually kind of echoes the things I just talked about from a TIE Fighter and X-Wing novellas, Yeah, but without a single mention of the Clone Wars.
1: Hmm, okay. Yes, yeah, so, I mean it's so it's still yeah the Clone Wars are still just some something that happened at some other point. It's just not. I mean I, I can see why movie wise, you know when when you're putting together a movie since you you don't have as much time to delve in, you know into how everything connects that you might you you have a more of a compressed timeline and they're like you know what we need a reason for this to happen and we don't have we don't have the time to 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 talk about the Clone Wars beforehand and how then that we had a good empire and then how all this stuff. So why don't we just put it all together and maybe the Clone Wars happen as a result of the unhappy planets. So I can, you know, like it's sort of like a compromise when they were maybe like writing the movie itself. I'm also just speculating. I don't know if that's the reason, but I can see that as being part of the conversation.
0: It's also when you think about who the war was against. If you think about how wars are normally named, Mm -hmm. The Vietnam War, the Iraq War, the Gulf War. Yes. It's normally the people that a certain body is at war with. Right. So what role did the clones play in these original sort of early concepts of, of the Clone Wars? It, I think it's it's kind of hinted at that, you know, it, it was the Republic against a massive army of clones.
1: Right. As opposed to right. what we actually got. Right. Because when we got the clones, or well, the clones were for the Republic. Yeah. But the Republic was seen as the bad guys per the Empire. So since the Empire is writing history at this point, then the yes. Empire would call it the Clone Wars because they were the ones that... Although then the clones turned against the Jedi. The Jedi were the... So it should have maybe been called the Jedi Wars... Per the Empire,
0: essentially the war is against the Confederacy of Independent Systems. Per the Republic, yeah, but but the Republic, the Republic is the Empire at this point.
1: Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Doing some mental gymnastics again here. <laughs> like, wait, yes.
0: <laughs> but this this little bit of information might help you to understand things a bit better. Um, so there's an introduction in the book tales from the empire, which is a short story anthology of, um, stories taken from adventure journal. Uh-huh. It's written by the introductions written by, uh, Peter Schweighofer, who used to be one of the editors for West end games. Yeah. And it specifically states that there were certain areas that West end games who are responsible for so much that we, you know, take for granted now planets, aliens, galactic history, but yeah. is just established EU law. Um, they were they were told that certain things were off-limits. Old Republic, the Clone Wars, and how the Emperor Invader rose to power. Okay. So that's why we only have these couple of little smatterings yeah. here and there. George Lucas had his story. Yeah. And until he told it, he didn't want anyone telling it for him. Yeah. That's that's my take.
1: Yeah. No, he's... I mean, he's, it's the same thing with, like, Yoda, right? Like, he's always been like, no one can touch this character... Um, or this yeah. character, or Han Solo and Chewbacca are like off doing something and are in this planet, so you can't do them. Like, there's all these instances throughout, right, where he's like controlled or try to control. And I guess that also just adds to all the confusion or uh, discrepancies between all the legend stuff because people are sort of like, okay, well, I can't touch that. So let me just create this thing. <laughs> and then yeah. somehow that has to weave into whatever other story like George has in his head. <laughs>
0: but that probably it also explains why none of the other bantamera books after the Thrawn trilogy ever mentioned the clone wars. Mm. It it just wasn't in there. Not even a not even a passing reference. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. So that takes us to 2002. So Attack of the Clones. Now we're
1: okay, so and now we get to explore what George Lucas had in his head or at least at this point yeah. in his life.
0: So like we talked about at the top of the show, 2002 shows us the start of the Clone Wars. 2005 episode 3 shows us the end of the Clone Wars. Yes. Now, in real world, between 2002-2005, the entire publishing division was coordinated in a way we probably haven't seen until now with The High Republic. Yeah. The adult novels from Del Rey's, the comics from Dark Horse, we had a young adult Boba Fett series, we had okay. video games, we had the jendy Tar- uh, Tartakovsky animated show, and all of it tied in not perfectly but tighter than we've ever seen at that point.
1: So it's a very coordinated effort to try to like put together all these stories.
0: Absolutely. There was okay. short stories in inside a magazine. Things were referenced to each other all over the place. Um even a really solid dating system was used. So by the time you got to the last books in the, the Clone Wars series from Del Rey, you had a two-page timeline showing various events mm. all based as However, many months after Geonosis, yeah, going through the three year war. I mean, even the comics themselves, the Dark Horse comics are some of my favorite Star Wars comics from this era. So, they're the ones that really introduce Quinlan Voss and his will, he won't, he fall to the dark side storyline. Um, they flesh oh. out Asage Ventress after her introduction in the Tartakovsky show. So,
1: Asage was introduced in the, in the Tartakovsky cartoon. Yep. and then she was brought into the Dark Horse comics.
0: Yes, so she had a really big part in that.
1: Oh, cool! And then from there, obviously, we know that she goes into the Clone Wars, like computer animated series.
0: Yes. Okay. So we're gonna come on to the Clone Wars show very soon.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm just trying to make sense of like individual characters because I didn't know where she started, and I, I, I really like that character, so I was like, okay, so I'm so putting the timeline in my three, head.
0: Yeah. <laughs> We've got this three-year period, yes, and the entire Clone Wars are covered, literally from the days after the Battle of Geonosis, right up to the opening of Revenge of the Sith. The whole campaign ends with Labyrinth of Evil, one of my favorite Legends books, probably the most Legends-y book ever in the amount of stuff it references and ties together. And it's the final novel before we get into Revenge of the Sith. Mm, okay. Literally finishes with Obi-Wan and Anakin flying into the Coruscant rescue rescue. Oh, party.
1: that sounds cool. Yeah.
0: So the entire Clone Wars is mapped out. All of it.
1: I mean, with, so with it's three precision. years in between and it's a three-year award. They could have done it day yep. by day. That would have been interesting. Yep.
0: <laughs> and when you look at it, it's really not far off. The amount of um, stories we have, yeah, it's really, really in-depth. And then in 2008, we get a new TV show. Yes. Which gives us a new Padawan for Anakin Skywalker.
1: Well, we get a movie first.
0: Well, so, yes, we do yes. get a movie first. Um, but no one's ever heard of this Padawan, and the story of the Clone Wars has been told. All three years start to
1: finish. Mm hmm.
0: To say it caused some upset is an understatement. Some people really? weren't happy at all.
1: And people love the series now. It's like, that's interesting. Uh, Absolutely. That... Huh?
0: You know, there was a lot of resentment of Ahsoka as a character. There, yeah. You know, because you, you've got this um, sarcastic young teenager answering back to you know Anakin Skywalker. She's so
1: good, though. <laughs> <laughs> I know.
0: But it essentially it messed with the whole established time right timeline that had been built up, and all yeah. of these books and comics that were dated this many years after this, this many yeah. things after that, down to the the, the certain events that kind of plotted out the Clone Wars. So the first one was Anakin being knighted, being made a Jedi Knight from a Padawan. Yeah. And then getting the scar that we see him um, sported in Revenge of the Sith. Yes. So things like that happened much closer to the end of the war. Yeah. Whereas in the Clone Wars movie, these things have already happened. Yeah. Yes. So essentially it compressed this entire three-year multi-platform storytelling arc that we saw into the first six months of the war
1: yeah okay because that, yeah that, that was something um i don't know if you if you were aware of this or not i'm sorry if like you were about to bring it up but something that was interesting i thought was when dave Filoni was brought in to make this series is that he really enjoyed um the tartofsky show i mean i know that it won a whole bunch of awards like people really loved his Serious for what it was, I think um, one, you know, it was being released online and on Cartoon Network at the same time. So there was this whole like multi-platform, multimedia type of thing as well that everyone was And it like, was the first
0: is... time we'd seen anything outside of the movies in a while.
1: Right. So, so Feloni you know, being someone who like ad- adores and, and loves and respects a lot of the Star Wars like, you know, work he didn't want to touch anything from them. he didn't want to do anything that that interfered with those stories so he actually wanted to do um a story just based on a crew that was actually now that i think about it it's sort of similar to what rebels is cuz he just wanted to have a crew that had like the um the smuggler and his girlfriend and then it would have this like gun gun named lunker or lunker i don't know and then a <laughs> young jedi padawan named ashla as like and her jedi master we don't know i mean this was like the crew so it when you think about it it is kind of like what rebels is it's just this one crew for a ship that does something and you have some jedi and their master I I don't think I knew any of this. Yeah. So, I mean, I I just made the connection to Rebels right now, but that was his idea. He's like, you know, this way, like Obi-Wan and Anakin are doing their thing as established in this other cartoon series. And I'm just going to tell this focused story of things that are happening along, you know, at the same time as the Clone Wars with this one crew. So the first
0: first thing that comes to me is you can imagine them approaching Dave Filoni and going, we're interested in having you write a show for us. Yeah. And him going, There's no way they're gonna let me write about Obi Wan again. So I'll come up with this this other show. And then George yeah. Lucas coming along and going, No no no, this is the show I want you to do and like yeah. all his dreams coming true. <laughs> because, I mean 'cause I well George
1: wasn't I don't think he was as involved in the in the Tartovsky um show. No. But he was very, very involved in this show with Filoni.
0: Absolutely. And this is that's the primary difference to me between what we had from Delray and Dark Horse. Yeah. And what we get in the Clone Wars is this is more or less George's version of the Clone Wars themselves. Right.
1: Right. And that's like so yeah, originally, I mean he Filoni has said that he was going to occasionally like have Obi Wan and Anakin maybe show up in the cartoon, but I mean Obviously, the story ended up revolving around them and like, you know, and and their interaction and obviously Ahsoka, who so that young Padawan Ashla from that original concept, that's who became Ahsoka, which then is interesting because I believe that then that is the name, the nickname or the fake name that she uses in the Ahsoka novel. So she still, so in a way, they
0: kind of like kept that name alive somehow. And then she calls herself Ashla. And the name Ashla itself has really, really deep history within Star Wars. I think it's in oh. Dawn of the Jedi as maybe one of the planets, and yes, possibly if I'm remembering right, a name for the light side of the Force itself. Really, very, very, very early scripts of Star Wars. Very early interesting. Scripts,
1: interesting. It took a while
0: for the Force to become what we now know it to be.
1: Huh. That's really cool. So yeah, I mean, that's I didn't know that, but that's that's really interesting. So yeah, I mean, it's just like it's cool that um or interesting that yeah, you know, you, I mean, this person who who like loves all this stuff that then had to to then get I guess some hate for rewriting or kind of like you know not going
0: along with whatever was established in the Tartovsky series. It's it's that awful Star Wars purist thing didn't it yeah that we see we see far too often but there really was some backlash and yeah like I I couldn't imagine life without the Clone Wars now and everything that that's brought to Star Wars in general yeah um, because you know the whole show's incredible okay the first season is aimed at a younger audience but yes my my god think about being the kid that that series was aimed at and growing up right. with those seasons
1: right and the return no.
0: of Maul and everything.
1: Yeah. No, I mean I, I I mean this this series came out when I was in college. So it was a time period when or right after college, actually, two thousand eight I graduated two thousand seven. So but yeah, I wasn't as I wasn't watching a lot of T V back then, with the exception of Lost, which I know you, you love, um as well. <laughs> um but um yeah, I wasn't watching a lot of TV back then. So and you know, when I had seen commercials for it and it's like oh this it very much look like a kid's show and it really wasn't until disney plus came out that i'm like you know what like i might as well check it out it's it's there i'm paying for this service so i might as well yeah watch it's, it it's
0: star wars i haven't seen
1: yeah and i it took me a couple of tries actually because i was trying you know just watching from the first episode and i'm like what is this <laughs> I, don't, I don't get it. Um, it it is a slow burn yeah but yeah once once you get into it then it just like i'm like oh wow like there's just so much story and so much lore and so, you know, there's so much history to this that that's when I'm like, okay, there's, this is good. <laughs> but um, I can imagine, I mean, for someone like you who, who was or has been following the idea of Clone Wars from the, from the 80s. Like, how did it feel once they kind of like George Lucas was actually telling the story of the Clone
0: Wars? Now, that uh, so I've spoke about the backlash and... Yeah. Honestly, the backlash was kind of made worse because you had a couple of people in Lucasfilm actively say to the fans in the first season or two of Clone Wars, we've got a plan. We know how this is all going to fit. Yeah. Bear with us. Now, that plan didn't happen. Um, Star (laughs) Wars got sold to Disney. (laughs) That was was part of the plan. It's like, we're going (laughs) to give it to someone else to take care of it. (laughs) Pretty pretty much, yeah. Um, I mean, for me personally, I, I love the timelines. I love making everything fit. If things don't fit, I have no problem just, you know, having that separation. Yeah. Okay. These two stories happen at the same time, they contradict each other, but I've still got two stories. I'm yeah. not I'm not overly precious about it. Yeah. Um but then you've got the really complicated part of legends versus canon. Yeah. So the Clone Wars started in two thousand eight. Yes. The Disney buyout was two thousand fourteen. Yeah. Clone Wars is... Well, everything before 2014 is Legends. Clone Wars that came out in 2008 is canon. Yes. There was a shed load of Clone Wars comics and books related to the show, not mm-hmm. the previous thing, but came out before the buyout. They are Legends. Ahsoka's in them, but they're Legends. The show is canon. But the okay. show is also Legends because Ahsoka exists in Legends. yes. And she came from the show, but the show was only Legends up until season five, minus a few unfinished story reels that were released online. So Ahsoka's story in Legends is never resolved (laughs) Uh because season six and seven are canon only. Does that make sense? So the first few seasons are not canon? They are definitely canon, but they're also Legends. I they see. exist in both. They exist in both. Yes. Like oh. the movies. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> Got it. What about all the unfinished stories, like are in comic books? So there's like Son of Dathomir, right? Like that I think that was supposed to now be. That's a an interesting stri- one. <laughs> okay. Cause that was supposed to be one of the
0: like a an arc, right? In the T V show. Yeah. So that's based on original scripts, just like Dark Disciple was based on yes. unproduced scripts. Yes. Son of Dathomir was one of the very last comics released by Dark Horse before everything got slapped with the Legends banner. Okay. Now, so technically, it should be Legends, but it's the one story that officially is canon. They've said no, no, no. They didn't deviate from the scripts. The scripts are what would have been made. It is part of the overall Clone Wars storyline, overarching thing. Yes, it's Dark Horse, not Marvel, but that one story is canon. (laughs)
1: <laughs> it's like the that's like the one dark horse comic that is canon.
0: Yeah,
1: interesting. Because, and then the Ahsoka novel, that's also <laughs> no. Well, Dark Disciple is based on also on an unfinished script or undeveloped yes, or unproduced yeah. script, and that came out yeah. after Disney, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. So that is you know so that is yeah, completely canon. canon. Um, but even when we talk about the the Bad Batch episodes that came out in that final season of Clone, Wars, yeah, some of those had been. Released as unfinished story reels, yeah, with differences. But you know, the unfinished story reels are legends, but yes, the new stuff is canon.
1: <laughs> and the Ahsoka it, it, novel is it canon. It can get
0: confusing if, if you really want to pinpoint one to the other, it can be confusing. It's interesting. Essentially, the Clone Wars, based on the show itself, is canon, the whole okay. show is canon, okay. But then you have all these other little comics, like the Clone Wars magazine that was published um, in the UK for. 50 odd volumes each one had an eight page comic strip in all of those are legends okay because only the show itself made the jump into camera
1: okay yeah i know that that's i knew there was some weirdness happening in there and how you know just this venn diagram of like where where the clone wars uh animated series like falls um but it's good to sort of like i wasn't sure about son of dathomir i was pretty sure like everything else that you talked about it, i was like yeah that's how it's in in my own head canon um if i'm going to use that term um but um son of death Mere, i wasn't sure if that would still be considered canon but that's uh it's interesting that it's the only one <laughs> um of
0: comics yeah. that uh I've... but the bottom line is yeah if you love clone wars there's loads of stuff there whether it's of canon legends you know just yeah dive in you're you're never going to be you're never going to be short of content <laughs>
1: Well, I mean, even just going way back when, when there were Vader and and um, Obi Wan's other Padawan were two oh, when, different people. When Vader
0: and Anakin visited the same planet at the same time.
1: Yes. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's interesting enough just to even just to have in your head, just like that idea of like, what if what if this happened? I mean, those are all cool to to like revisit and stuff. Well, I guess I mean that that basically wraps up the Clone Wars. Do you have anything else to to add?
0: That's all the
1: randomness that I could dig up for this episode. <laughs> all right, I mean, I think that's—I mean—that pretty much covers it all. I do want to ask you one more question about the Clone Wars, just because um, I found this a little bit kind of interesting that I didn't know about. But just talking about animation style, since we actually I brought it up with that cartoon show for our, uh, the, the Pirates of. Uh, Tortuga or tar- whatever that is. <laughs> um, Pirates of Tanuga. Tanuga, not Tortuga. <laughs> which and probably maybe there's a similarity there. Anyways, um, it did take me a while to get into the series. Um, when I was watching it, part of it was the animation style too. What I didn't know was that part of the inspiration for the style of the show was on Gary Anderson's Thunderbirds from that uh
0: that British uh TV show from oh, the sixties. Yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, you, you must know what Thunderbirds is. I
1: know what it is. I just didn't okay. know that it was based <laughs> off. I, I mean, I never made the connection. And when I read this, I'm like, oh, that makes
0: total sense. Like, I can very much see that. But it is, it is incredible to just compare the, the animation between the first season and the final season. Oh yeah, the first season of Rebels. How much of that animation style, yeah, grew.
1: definitely. Definitely. I mean just the the how much technology has progressed and how much easier I guess it is to be able to render all those things. I mean the this last season, some of the camera shots and just uh just all the particles floating in the air and the depth of view and everything yeah. is just adds ah, so much more atmosphere that was definitely missing in those first uh and that first season, at least. I mean, I've, I'm re watching it now. So I'm like, I'm aware of the first few episodes. I, I don't remember how it was more or less in the, in the middle of it. Anyways, yeah, I think that, that pretty much covers our Clone Wars talk. So let's just move on to one of our segments. Here's your chance to test Trev. Again, we received another voice uh, recording from our friend Jared and why don't you go ahead and play the clip, Trev?
0: Okay, let's see what we've got.
1: What's up, Star Wars Archives? Jared Mays here from Legends Look Back, challenging Trevor once again to another Legends trivia off. All right, Trevor, you did a great job first time around identifying some of the initial students from Luke's Jedi Academy, but this week I'm totally going to stump you. At least, uh, you know, I hope that I will. Here's the question, all right? In Legends, how many adult novels does Ahsoka appear in that's right i know when you think uh clone wars you think canon but hey uh initially they were trying to reconcile the two clone wars universes back in the day and ahsoka does appear a little bit here and there in legends what are the books in which she appears until next time may the force be with you
0: well that's easy sorry jared Uh, (laughs) we could say appears or mentioned in I figure they're the same thing. Her name is mentioned at some point. So you've got the Clone Wars novelization by Karen Travis. You've got Wild Space and No Prisoners, which are incredibly rare in hardback form. They're Mm -hmm. they're silly money. They were only ever released in hardback in the UK. Um, And then you've got the um, Clone Wars Gambit, book one and two, Stealth and Siege, which I only recently read and that they are incredible. So that's the five. That's, That's easy wow next. and that is
1: correct man <laughs> i did have the answers this time i did check in with jared i'm like thanks for sending this in but can you tell me the answers i don't want to look it up uh um, try harder jared try harder oh jared okay it's uh yeah let's send us another question for the next episode <laughs> and see if we can stump uh trevor that. that's two for two man you've answered both questions please don't make them any harder that's harder <laughs> We did have one other comment from a listener, uh, and this would be Spice Den, A.K.A. Jacob. Um, he left us a note about our last episode on Kylo Ren, and I just wanted to read it out because I thought it was an interesting point that he brought up. Um, he, and this is about what we can assume Kylo um, understands about Vader, because um, that was a question that that we asked ourselves and we talked about, um, you know, last time. "Quote: I think he wants to finish the task." of wiping out the Jedi by killing Luke. Anakin started this with Order 66, and he not only has hate for Luke given his betrayal, but he would also likely begrudge him for impeding Vader. End quote. So I thought that was a a pretty st- straightforward understanding of it, and I think it works too, though, right? Yeah, it's definitely an
0: interesting take about... My my concern is, is that, was that... Anakin's biggest role in galactic history was wiping mm-hmm. out the Jedi. I mean, and I he started out as a Jedi,
1: so I don't think that was necessarily his like original role, but as a as as Vader, I mean, I think that that I mean, that was Vader's role, Vader and Palpatine that
0: they wanted to wipe out the Jedi. But they also didn't do a very good job. <laughs> there's, there's jedi popping up all over the place they are.
1: i mean and with more comics that come out then you end yeah. up finding that there's even another one hiding out somewhere else so exactly you know what the dark side force was not very good <laughs> it was not <laughs> with them um, the force was with the light users because there's all these other Jedi and light side users are just in hiding and doing a good job at not being found by Vader and his inquisitors
0: and Palpatine. So maybe that's a topic for another show. There we hundreds go. Hundreds of Jedi who escaped the purge. Yes. <laughs> Actually, I really like that. Yeah. Let's write that down. Cause that, that would
1: be a really interesting show. Um, okay. I had a lot of fun watching your Random cartoon um, <laughs> last week. So why don't we move on to what is your batshit crazy book of
0: the week this week, man? It's the batshit crazy book of the week. This week's batshit crazy book is simply titled Star Wars Short Story Collection. That's its <laughs> official title. Okay, but it's not. It's not a book. It's not a comic. It was a booklet that was packaged in many Hasbro toys from in 2003 Mm. and given away at conventions. (laughs) It's essentially a catalogue of toys, but had three short stories printed in it. You had Stormfleet Warning by Jude Watson, author of all the Jedi Apprentice and Jedi Quest books. Mm -hmm. Duel by Timothy Zahn and Equipment by Matthew Stover. So we're talking three heavyweight Star Wars Wars authors. And it was given away in toys
1: (laughs) that's oh i mean that's really it was eventually also so weird like
0: yep these are it was eventually published on the official site but it's never had an official reprinting anywhere else except for the matthew stover story equipment because it's essentially a retelling of his novel shatterpoint but from the viewpoint of one of the clone troopers involved and that story was collected in the paperback edition of that book. okay, okay. But I'm sure you can find all these stories online. But it just goes to show how how slapstick things can be with regards to where stories are just gonna pop yeah. up where you'd least expect it.
1: Yeah, but I mean, and that, but also just the creativity, right? Of just like how from the early stages, or you know, um, of Star Wars, and 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 how it was all established that they're always talking about this multi-faceted multimedia project in a way, right? Like it's it's not just like this is the movies or this are just the books. It's sort of like they want you to buy everything in order for you to <laughs> like know the whole story behind it. Capitalism gone mad. I mean, you know, George Lucas <laughs> knew what he was doing when he said, "Yeah, I'll take this much but I'll I have the rights to all the toys sold
0: with this movie." So, yeah. It and worked George out for Lucas, him. George Lucas is not a poor man. <laughs> no,
1: he is not. He is not a poor man at all. So there you go, kids. If you are, have any ideas, then just do it the way that George Lucas did and just come up with that idea for toys and then sell your, the rights to the movies, but then do all the toys and then publish stories within those toys because people are going to yes. buy those toys
0: to read everything else. But the important thing is make them good. Well, I guess, I mean,
1: (laughs) make them weird is what I'm learning from you, man. (laughs) They don't even have to make sense one after the other. Just sort of like do whatever and then someone, then sell it. And then let someone else be the one to figure out how to connect it all. So that's Disney's role now. They just said everything is Legends. Forget
0: it. (laughs) (laughs) You know, one thing that I love about the, the Legends, um, banner the legends retitling Mm -hmm. is that all this stuff that didn't necessarily fit into continuity before all the stuff that hardline timeliners like me really had to work with none of that matters anymore because it's a legend yeah simple as that
1: no and it's i mean because they could even be understood within within canon within the universe they can always just be like these are just the stories that are being told like yes, generation the after generation, unreliable narrator. Exactly. So that's what that's the way that I always see the idea of legends. It's just a, something that hey, this is just what I remember, and I may be changing a thing here or there just because this is what I've been told, and my father heard it from his father or whatever. So like, it all kind of works that way as well. But that's
0: the one thing they've done really well with those um the myths and fables books and right. the the IDW stuff for tales from Vader's castle is yes they frame it. As a myth, as a legend. Yes. Yeah. And the, the freedom that gives the storytelling. Yeah. Is great. And I love that.
1: Yeah. No, I mean, we can definitely keep going on and on about legends and canon because that's just such a big debate within Star Wars and people that don't accept uh, any canon or EU or and what is classified as extended universe and what is it. That's a whole you know, series of episodes on its own. So there is no
0: debate. It's all awesome.
1: There you go. That's uh <laughs> that is the official stance from our Trev here in Star Wars Archives. So I think that pretty much covers our episode. But before we're done for today, let's just do our you know usual housekeeping. Let's just remind our listeners, you know, that we want your feedback, suggestions, and questions. Um, you just like Garrett has been doing. You can record, uh, yourselves asking us or telling us whatever you want, and uh, just send it to us via Discord, and we'll play it on the next episode. Um, Trev, what is coming up on our on our queue? What are the next episodes on, so that people can maybe ask us questions?
0: So the next episode is going to be all about Luke's girlfriends. That's right. This one's going to get really weird. <laughs> really weird. <laughs> I'm all for it. This is going to be. Released, we, we touched I about on this for Valentine's in... Day, so it is. We're sense. recording it especially for Valentine's Day. Um, we touched upon this in our earliest episodes. Yep. Where he introduced to the story of Luke's computer girlfriend Jedi. Yes. Um yes. So yeah, we're gonna go. We're gonna go deep. He's had more than you'd think for a Jedi. <laughs> and after
1: that, we're going to be talking about. Um, the non non Sith Darksiders, because it was uh, something that came up in our last episode we're talking about Nights of Wren. I think at the moment when we were when we mentioned it in the episode, Trev, you were like, I don't know if there's a lot of them, but I think that that has
0: stayed in your mind for a little bit. And <laughs> yeah, you a do a few, have people some. People talk about people talk about Gray Jedi, and we thought we'd spin it on his head. Yeah. Speak about, you know, some other practitioners of dark side magics.
1: That's right. So I'm, yeah, I've as I do, I am very intrigued by by the dark side and, you know, non-Sith users or non-Sith and non-Jedi. Like That's in general, like, I, I'm curious about how other people see the force and understand it. So... Um definitely looking forward to that episode. I think we all
0: well. know what side of a force you fall on, Jose. Well... You're fooling I, no one. I,
1: I came clean when I cheated <laughs> on the Darth um, quiz that we had in the Bail Organa episode. So, there we go. Well... <laughs> I think that's uh, that covers it for today's episode, Trev. So yep. as all as always, you know, we will provide the links and pictures to all the books that uh, we've mentioned on today's episode. Um, we will put them up on Utini's uh, Discord. It's in the Star Wars Archives channel. If for some reason you have not joined our Discord yet, you should head on over to Utiny.com Discord and click the join now button right on that page. Because that's where you can um, talk to us, hang out with us, and, you know, ask us any questions or bring up anything that we missed in today's uh, episode. Um, I'm also going to plug, to um, as I mentioned earlier, my new podcast, Snips and Sky Guy. That will be the one that covers the Clone Wars TV show. And I th- it will be released soon. I think possibly the week after this episode is released. Since we record these sort of like, you know, a couple of weeks in advance, I'm not sure exactly what it all falls in real world timeline, um, but somewhere around then it'll be released. Um, you can also follow me on Twitter, and that is at TheJoxy, that's uh, T-H-E-J-O-X-I-I-I, and you can follow my Instagram at TheJoseJimenez. Trev, uh, where can people find you?
0: So I'm at David Todd on Twitter or you'll find me hanging out on our Discord or I'll just be working behind the scenes, making our timeline nice and pretty, which hopefully will be back up and running by the time this episode goes out. I know it's been uh, down for some maintenance, but we're doing a ton of stuff behind the scenes to add an incredible amount of books to our database for you guys to, to check out. So, yeah, hopefully that's all back up and running by the time you hear this.
1: Yeah, that would be great. I mean, I'm really excited to see what you guys have been cooking up behind the scenes there. Um, all right, Trev, is that
0: it? Anything else? I think that's us done for another another fortnight.
1: All right. Well, that covers it. So thank you guys for listening and radio out.